Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Ladies and gentlemen, as the world gets darker, is there hope in a godless society? I was listening to a podcast by my friend Todd Herman. We're going to have Todd on the show in just a few minutes, but he mentioned an article by Naomi Wolf. You may not have heard of Naomi Wolf. Maybe you have. She's a feminist liberal who was an advisor to President Clinton and also a presidential candidate, Al Gore. She, for years, has been very pro-abortion. She's written a lot on that issue and other issues. Anyway, what happened to her recently is she, she has come out critical of the lockdown and the vaccines, particularly vaccines for kids, and the left has canceled her. Uh, they didn't really deal with her arguments, but instead called her a conspiracy theorist. And in January, she wrote an article on frontpagemag.com, and it's titled, It's Time for Intellectuals to Talk About God. Now, she is Jewish, uh, but not religious, I do not believe. Now, after she, or prior to her being canceled, uh, she writes this in this article on frontpagemagazine.com. She said, I asked a renowned medical freedom activist how he stayed strong in his mission as his name was besmirched and he faced career attacks and social ostracism. In other words, this guy was being canceled just like her. And here's what this guy said to her. He replied with Ephesians Chapter 6, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, unquote. She said, I had thought of that a lot in the intervening time. It made me more, it made more and more sense to me as the days passed. She then went on to say this in this article, it is time to start thinking about spiritual combat combat again, I personally believe. All right, let me stop right here. This is a feminist liberal who's now talking about spiritual combat. She goes on to write, because I think that is where we are right now. And the forces of darkness are so big that we need help. Our goal, perhaps just to keep the light somehow alive, a light of true, classical, humane values of reason, of democracy, inclusion, kindness in this dark time. She asks, what is the object of this spiritual battle? It seems to be for nothing short of the human soul. Again, probably been an atheist most of her life, but the dark world is getting her to talk like this. She goes on to write, one side seems to be wrestling for the human soul by targeting the human body that houses it, a body made in God's likeness, so they say, the temple of God. I am not confident. I don't have enough faith, she says. Truth is, I'm scared to death. I just don't think 
or, or she says, I don't think just humans alone can solve this one or can win this one on their own. I think we need to call as Milton did, as Shakespeare did, as Emily Dixon did, on help from elsewhere, on what we would call, or what were called angels and archangels, if you will, on higher powers, whatever they may be, on better principalities, on whatever intercessors may hear us, on divine providence, whatever you want to call, whomever it is you can hope for and imagine. As I often say, I'll take any faith tradition. Again, I'm reading from uh, Naomi, Naomi Wolf, a feminist liberal who has been canceled by the left for saying basically some politically incorrect things. She says, I'll talk to God in any language. I don't think forms really matter. I think intention is everything. That's what she says, not me. <laughs> she says, I can't say for sure that God and God's helpers exist. I can't. Who can? Maybe we ought to get her some apologetics books. Anyway, she says this, but I do think we are at the we are at an unheard moment in human history, globally, in which I personally believe we have no other choice but to ask for assistance from beings or a being better armed to fight true darkness than ourselves alone. We'll find out if they exist, if he or she exists, perhaps, if we ask for God's help. At least that's my hope, which I guess is kind of a prayer. That's Naomi Wolf, ladies and gentlemen, talking about spiritual warfare and saying things are getting so bad out here i can't explain this in human terms we got to start looking to god we got to start looking to angels we got to start looking to prayer now as i said the man who alerted me to this was my friend todd herman who for years was the conservative talk radio host in seattle and has recently gone out on his own in an independent podcast. We'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. Prior to that, he was a businessman. He was an executive with Microsoft. He's done quite a bit. He actually filled in for Rush Limbaugh, you may have heard, when Rush in the final year of his life had a number of guest hosts. So he's an accomplished radio guy. He's a conservative. He's a Christian. And he's with me today, the great Todd Herman. Todd, how are you? Frank, what a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great. Great having you on, Todd. We, you and I met, I guess, through our mutual friend, David Limbaugh, Russia's brother, a number of years ago. And uh, people need to know the kind of the work you're doing. We're going to get into that. But your podcast from a few days ago alerted me to this whole thing. What do you say about liberals, atheists, people who traditionally would have nothing to do with God turning to God because they see the darkness, Todd? I think there's a whole bunch of Damascus roads. Uh, I think the Lord has never stopped doing that. I think that the Lord is ripping open a new curtain. You know, he's tearing down a curtain around D.C. and around the globalists to show us, here's what your kings are doing. This is what your kings have planned. This is how broken the system of kings has become. And I say amen. I mean, I think this is the greatest possible time to be a Christian. And what's fascinating to me, Frank, is it's not just uh, liberals like Naomi Wolf who are coming around to this. There are conservatives, brother, who've not been the church because, of course, this, it's the herding cat phenomenon with, with conservatives. I am seeing them come back to church, come back to the body of Christ, because they are also having these moments of this isn't just political. You know, they're be, they're beginning to understand that, no, none of this can make sense politically. And I think they're also beginning to piece together that it's not always Republicans and Democrats that, that are, you know, at war. They agree in a lot of stuff. So I say amen to this, that the Lord is revealing all this. And you know what? He's given mm. us the easiest tests in the world. 
there's this side, there's a culture of death. Uh, there's a culture of distorting the body. There's a mm-hmm. culture of controlling the body. And from my perspective, God is, God is pro-choice. He also happens to be pro-responsibility and pro-accountability. And mm-hmm. the globalists sort of skipped that part. So, Frank, I think there's a lot of hope at this time, but not if we want to continue to think that our hope is coming from the next election or the next person we elect, or just if we could just get, a, get enough strings of victories on the conservative side. That's not where this gets fixed. Unpack what you mean by pro-choice, because I, I don't think you mean pro-abortion. You mean what? No. I no. mean that the Lord gives us all sorts of choices. The Lord oh, forces sure. yeah. us to do very little. No, mm-hmm. I don't mean that he's pro-choice in terms of abortion. No, thou shalt not murder. Right? right. The Lord finds that to be to be an, a, a, you know, a grave, a grave sin. He's pro-choice in that he gives us the choice to do things, even when they're wrong. Mm. It's the other side that wants to lock us into doing things only they approve of, right down and including to the thoughts that we have in our heads. Well, that's one of the things Naomi Wolf was complaining about. In fact, in her article, I couldn't read the whole thing. It's too long. But she was saying that these people traditionally for freedom, even like the ACLU, and the LGBTQ community and others who have been crying out, leave us alone, we just want to have freedom. They've been the ones that actually were silent and maybe even complicit with all the lockdowns and with churches being shut down and people not being able to say what they wanted to say on social media and being canceled. These are the things that traditionally people on the left would say, oh, no, no, you can't cancel people. They need to speak. And now these people are saying, no, you can't speak. Well, what can we do about this? We're going to talk more with my friend Todd Herman of the Todd Herman Show. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turek, on the American Family Radio Network. Our website, crossexamine.org. That's crossexamine with a D on the end of it. .org. We're back in just two minutes with Todd Herman. Don't go anywhere. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will declare I will proclaim the Lord's decree. I'm reading from Psalm 2, ladies and gentlemen. Why is it that that rulers rebel against God? Why is it that that people rebel against God? Well, the Lord ultimately laughs on his throne. And he will bring justice. Look, we're either going to get justice or we're going to get grace. I don't want to get justice. I want grace because I ain't going to make it if, if, if God's just going to dole out justice. That's why we need Jesus. You're listening. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I'm talking to my friend Todd Herman of the Todd Herman Show. And uh, Todd, you've been, a, uh, you've been the conservative guy in radio in Seattle for many years, were you prevented from speaking about the Lord on conservative commercial radio in Seattle? I wasn't prevented. I mean, uh, I was cautioned. And the, the caution was, this can't become a religious show, right? Mm. And, and, and some of that makes sense commercially, but I, I, I'm right. sorry, I don't, I'm not seeking approval of man. 
uh, I have mm-hmm. an audience of one, um, the Lord Jesus. There are things that radio hosts aren't allowed to say. Um, like there are things that, well, uh, they're considered There were radio some things are- that you told me that, that, the, that the, the radio people said, you can't say certain things anymore. What were they? Yeah. In the industry, there are people who are told you can't say fake news. Um, you can't say the election was stolen. Um, you can't say um, the media is corrupt. You, you can't speak these things. Um, where I was specifically cautioned, and no one could ever tell me what it was, was, hey, you can't, you just don't go into conspiracy theories. Just don't do that. And I would say, well, what are they? Well, for instance, saying something like, um, it's not going to go back to normal. Like, the, the world's mm-hmm. not going to go back to normal. That they don't intend the powers that be to go back to normal. That's, you can't, don't go there. Um, don't go there when you say, for instance, years ago, when we started to talk about the issue of uh, so-called transgenderism and, and what I call gender rebellion, which is really what it's become, uh, because kids are being conned into this. You can't say that this goes beyond bathrooms, right? You don't know that. You can't say those things. And on, you know, on, on, as a communicator and an opinion guy, I'm sorry, I analyze things. I was a strategist at Microsoft. My job was pattern recognition. Mm. And when I spotted a pattern and things were going out of pattern, my job was to say why or how can we break this pattern? So this is endemic, by the way, in a lot of talk radio, big talk radio hosts who are not allowed to say these things. Um, and it's a shadow. And, and I think that the radio people had better remember why they're successful and why conservative talk radio is what it is because it's so successful. Um, and then there is, in fact, a, a commercial thing. And I understand this, that when people turn into conservative radio, they hear me on the podcast. And I love you quote the Bible so well, Frank, the Lord works well, throws so, so you so well. People turn into commercial radio, they hear a Bible quote and it freaks them out. Mm. They don't, they, they get afraid when they hear this. And this has been such a great learning experience for me because in the eight years that I filled in for Rush Limbaugh, God rest him. In that last year, he shared his faith mm. and he shared what Jesus Christ meant to him. And I saw the emails cause I was one of the guide hosts, Frank, he, he, the Lord worked through that man to bring yeah. so many people back to himself. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's things far better and bigger than commercial radio. Uh, and that's why we went independent. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, one of the things that I think influenced Rush, too, is his brother, David. David's been on our board for many years. I've known David. He was the guy that did the the forward for I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And David is an apologist and theologian himself. He's written several great books on Christianity. Every one of them he sent to Rush. And I think in the last year of Rush's life, he really did come around, partially because of David and others. Uh, and then he, he was... I remember the, the day that he... He talked about the resurrection and how he's accepted Christ and how he knows where he's going. Uh, so that was a good thing that came out of the evil of cancer. And now we see some good things coming out coming out of or coming as a result of the evil culture. When you have people like Naomi Wolf, Todd, who is now saying it's time to get back to God. It's time to look into God in spiritual warfare. She wasn't freaked out by the Ephesians chapter 6 uh, citation that that right. one medical freedom activist mentioned to her, it might be that this is the positive coming out of all this evil. You've seen some of this happen. In fact, I heard you talking about on your podcast that you were at a meeting recently of, of very powerful people, and they're not all Christians, but they're going, man, we got to do something. What was that all about? 
So yeah, I was called to a meeting um, in in uh, Southern California. It was actually mid California, but south uh-huh. of uh, south of the Bay Area. And I can't yet tell you the the guy's name, but you would know if I mentioned it. Um, worth a couple hundred million bucks or more. Mm-hmm. And he's setting up to do something where he's going to attack junk science. And this guy's going to beat junk science. He is that good. He's done it before. And yeah, I didn't anticipate this, but I thought I'd be the only Christian. Frank, the most evangelical Catholic priest I've ever met came into this room. This, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he walked in and he's, you know, it's, I, go, I knew he's a priest. He's dressed as a priest. Uh-huh. And he was a DARPA researcher. He, so he became uh-huh. a priest late in life, had worked at DARPA, had been a medical ethicist, has a background in law. He is as tight intellectually as you're ever going to meet. But I thought to him and said, brother, you need to be an evangelical because he was <laughs> preaching. He was so good at preaching was the he? word. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there were other people who came, who came and said and were asking questions about, and this was a doctor who said, does this ever stop? Mm-hmm. Like, when does this stop? And we were talking specifically about um, the World Economic Forum's desire to to cancel Homo sapiens. One of the advisors to Klaus Schwab recently said, we will be the last generation of Homo sapiens. And he said, Frank, that we're going to do actual intelligent design, but not not the, the fake intelligent design from some fake elf in the sky, but mm-hmm. real intelligent design. Frank, he said those things standing in front of a photo of the Lord Jesus, not the photo, but a depiction of the Lord Jesus. Right. So we've been talking about these things, not, not the spiritual aspect of this, but the World Economic Forum's desire to recode our bodies. And this doctor said, when does it stop? When does it stop? And you know what the, the priest said? He goes, when our Lord Jesus comes in glory. Wow. When our Lord Jesus yeah. comes in glory. And then he said this, he said, Father, bless me now. And he was, he was kidding. And, but the father said, I've got my blessing hand right here. And I actually said in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, house filled with who I thought would be atheistic liberals. I said, you're going to need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ first. (laughs) And there was a no, but there was a little bit of uncomfortable pause, but he didn't, Uh he didn't run away. And Frank, when I was leaving that meeting, when I was leaving that meeting, a guy came up to me, he had been a a federal officer for about 20 years, deep Uh cover. Uh, for about half of that. And he, he said, Hey, Todd, are you a believer? I said, in the Lord Jesus. And he said, yes. I said, absolutely. He said, I knew it. I knew it. We need more of you. We need more of this, Frank. And that was something I never anticipated. And I believe the Lord is reaching into Hollywood. I believe he's reaching into the same sex attracted community. I believe that, the, that he is reaching so many people because I have, I have friends who are same sex attracted and have sat and looked at the lockdowns and then looked at Biden and saying, you're doing what to gas prices and you're doing what, what in schools? And you're going to force people to use these fake pronouns. These are same sex attracted people saying, this is evil. This Mm. is forced speech. I believe the Lord has loosed these people to their desires to be Kings. And man, I think it's, I think it's just classic work of, of God to say to people, Hey, here's a, here's a test. You can't fail. It's that easy. You know, and I heard you quoting this on your podcast recently, Todd, and uh, let's quote it right here. This is second Timothy chapter three. Paul says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. He goes on to talk about people who never come to the knowledge of the truth. 
that's happening and that's spiritual warfare going on. He also, in the next chapter, as you know, says in the last days, people are going to put people around themselves who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. So we, we see that going on. And as we know, as we've said on this program before, no one knows if we're in, you know, when Jesus is coming back. We've been in the last days since, since Paul, but things do look bleaker and bleaker. Is there good that comes from it? And some of the good, as Todd has pointed out, is that we now have people traditionally with nothing, who have nothing to do with God going, maybe we ought to go back there. Maybe we ought to look at God and see if he truly is the answer. Now, Todd, you, for seven years, were the, or maybe longer, were, were in Seattle as the conservative on the radio, you've been told you couldn't say certain things, even though it's an opinion show. And and, and I guess my question, one, one question would be, when they're saying you can't talk about conspiracy theories, who defines what a conspiracy theory is? What, what would they say to you when you, when you said that? Well, so look, I, I, I want to be you know clear when I talk about this, and I, I want everybody to understand something. When I left that radio station, they gave me the greatest possible send-off. I have absolutely no disparaging comments mm-hmm. to make about them. They're making market-based decisions, none at all. Um, I owe them so much, uh, and I, I ask people to listen to the station to this day, but what people are doing is they're making decisions based upon fear and emotion. They're making mm-hmm. decisions based upon, I don't want to be embarrassed uh, and that's where the decision making is coming. It's not a commercial decision. You know, Frank, I just did an interview with someone that's going to air in a little while. And this is a, a, a person of means. Uh, this is a person who has a, a pretty giant audience. This is a person who has international influence. And this person told me, Frank, as a, as a pre-interview discussion, hey, one of the things I can't do is talk about demons. Uh, I can't talk about the existence of the devil. Uh, I can't talk about spiritual warfare. I believe that's all happening, but I can't talk about it because I would lose credibility. So, mm. so this, this is spread. But one of the things that, that Frank, I, I would focus on here that I think that shows the good in this. I recently did a live event. I went back to Babylon, little Babylon, Seattle. And I did an event at a, at a great biblical church there. Frank, I had dads come to me in tears. They said, I've been conservative I thought I was a Christian because we went to church on Sunday or on Easter and, and, and you know, mm. the, the 2.5 times per year. Right. And, and I had dads come to me and say, meet my family. We're back in church. I finally understand this because I believe conservatives have made this fundamental mistake of creating politics as an icon. Yep. I'd had nothing to do that with that. That's the Lord. There's so much that's good coming from this, Frank. Well, let's so talk much. about it right after the break. Uh, you're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turk. My guest is Todd Herman of the ToddHermanShow.com. That's where you can find Todd, the ToddHermanShow.com. Two Ds in Todd, by the way. We're back in just two minutes. Don't go anywhere. If you're interested in learning how to be a better apologist and how to present better and answer questions better, you need to be a part of the Cross-Examine Instructor Academy, CIA, 15th year we're doing it. This year it's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Go to crossexamine.org. Click on events, you'll see it there, but you better sign up soon or apply soon. We only have a handful of seats left. It's July 28th to the 30th. 
Uh, not only will I be one of the instructors, but people like Greg Kokel, Jorge Gill, Jay Warner Wallace, Elisa Childers, Natasha Crane, uh, Brett Kunkel, Richard Howe, and others will be your instructors. So check that all out on the crossexamined.org website. Also want to mention, I will be down at Grace Community Church again this weekend in Sarasota, Florida. Great church there with my friend Chip Bennett as the pastor. We're going to be talking about how we know the New Testament writers told the truth, particularly when it comes to the resurrection. Had a great week there last week. Looking forward to being down there again. And then don't forget, the following Wednesday, we renew our I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist presentation. We're going through the entire book at Southbrook Church right here in Weddington, North Carolina. All the details are on our website. We've got three Wednesdays in a row beginning next Wednesday. The 15th starts, I think, at 630 Time for Q&A as well. Hope to see you there. All right, back to my friend uh, Todd Herman, who for years has been a conservative radio host in Seattle and also filled in nationally for Rush Limbaugh several times. Todd, what, what, what's it like being the conservative guy in Seattle and uh, being a Christian in one of the least church cities in America? Well, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of ways to describe that. I mean, I'll give you one story that's sort of funny and then one that is, is not funny, because, mm-hmm. but, they're, but they're very, very typical. Um, working in Seattle, I once had a woman um, come to me, or I was walking through the office, and she said, hey, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. She goes, yeah, I, I was watching this TV show, and, and there's this, this Christian organization, and they've got people mailing in carpets and, and, and patches of carpets, and people pray over the carpets, but they don't really, they just toss them in the garbage. And, and it was just this expose. And, you know, this is just why I hate Christians. I hate mm. them. Mm. And I said, I sat there and I said, well, Deb, as a Christian, I can understand why that would make you angry. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what? You're a Christian? Uh-huh. I said, yes. She said, but you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's, that's, that's one of our things. Mm-hmm. That's one of our things. And she goes, I hope I didn't hurt you. I said, were you talking about me? Well, well, no, but I was talking about your people. Mm. No, Zeb, you're talking about some people who've misused the faith. That's right. Right. That's one. Here's another. Mm-hmm. Walking into a restaurant with my daughter and her three cousins. And it had a little bar at the front of it, you know, roped off so kids can't get in there. But we're headed back to eat and have a view of the water. It's a beautiful place, Seattle. As we walk by, this guy is on a date with a, a young woman. It looked like a first date you know, best behavior, best dress. And as I walk by, the guy says, he says this, as, as I'm walking by with four children, he goes, wow, replacing yourself's not enough. You need all those other things. Hmm. And I said, pardon me? And he said, I just, I just noticed, and you've got all those kids, like replacing yourself's not enough. You have to have, you have to, and I won't use the word he used, but you, you have to expel all these other kids. You have to put them into the world. Hmm. And I said to the, to the oldest cousin said, Hey, could you go grab a seat uh, with the waiter or with the waitress and, and I'll be right there. And Frank, I haven't always been a saved man. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't always known the Lord. I, I, I grew up half uh-huh. redneck. Uh-huh. All right. And I said to him, which one of them would you kill? Mm-hmm. And I said, by the way, I noticed that you're alive and well. Yeah. Right. Right. Those are, those are my, and I didn't want to get into who was who, but I said, those are mm-hmm. my children. Mm. I, you've made this judgment that they don't deserve to live. He goes, dude, there's not enough resources. And I think it's super selfish. 
And I said, like, Frank, I haven't always been a saved man. I said, you know, we are four stories up and there's a freeway below you. You could jump off of there. And the girl he was on the date with was sort of at this point smirking. He goes, oh, well, man. I just stand by my statement. I just think it's super, super selfish that, that you're, you're adding them because they're going to breed too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I said, and I'll say it again. I haven't always been a saved man. I said, look, I've tried to explain this as gently as I can, but maybe you and I could go outside and talk private a little while. I think I could make it a lot more clear to you outside. Uh-huh. And crazy. he goes, yeah, kinds of laughs and the, and the girl laughs. And, and I went back to the table and one of the kids said, he hates us. Yeah. I said, no, no, he hates, he hates life. Right. He, he doesn't hate you. He doesn't know you. Uh, so there were those experiences and I, I would say this, that, that when I began to see the sex ed stuff mm. go across the country, that was born and bred in, in that state. People don't know this, but when that bill was passed and they passed it at night, Frank, it was so bizarre in the house that, that there were amendments that could not be read on TV. They couldn't read portions of the bill on TV. Is this the because Seattle the, City Council or the Washington this State? This is Washington State Legislature. Okay. Because of the words that were used. Frank, when that bill was shoved down the throats of parents at 2.30 in the morning, the next day, a satanic temple held a blood and oil sacrifice on the steps of the Washington State House. When was and this? About, this? When was this? Uh, this was about uh, three years ago. Wow. When, they, when, they, when they shoved this down the throats of parents. And the calls against this, th- there's never been anything like this. It was 1,800 to one calls against this. Uh, and, and they just didn't listen. So they are obsessed. And, and I thought it was about sex, Frank. But it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not about sex. It's about mm-hmm. the family. I, mm-hmm. This is the other thing that you'll notice in Seattle, to, to lighten it up a little bit. The, the, the same... <laughs> I've had the same, this same similar conversation with people a hundred times in Seattle. They find out I have kids. Oh, you have kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, and I've had this a hundred times. People say, oh, I know what it's like to have kids because we have dogs. Oh, gee, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so what happens when you leave your dogs in the house for a weekend? Mm-hmm. Right. What? Oh, well, they're fine. Yeah. But our infants aren't because we're meant to care for our kids. So it, it's, it, it is heartening that people still there preach the word. I love that there are still biblical churches there, but Frank, to be honest with you, and you are far more theologian than, than I am. I, I honestly sometimes, Frank, wonder if the Lord is, is calling his people to leave places like that. I know he's stronger. Mm-hmm. I know he's bigger. I made the mistake of, of believing he wasn't once, and, and that, was, that, that led to terrible results in my family life. But I do wonder, Frank, if, if we're being called to leave those places. Or maybe we're being called in, <laughs> maybe to right, be missionaries right. too. <laughs> you know, you can look at it country. the other way. But you know, right. it's interesting when these people make these arguments, Todd. Well, you you know, have too many kids or whatever. You got to save right. the planet or what? There, that's a moral standard that they're arguing from. From what moral standard are they arguing? I mean, if there's no God, well, there's nothing right or wrong with with killing or saving things because there's no standard. It's just your opinion. And it amazes me that people don't see that. They, they actually steal a standard from God while they're arguing against him. And uh, by the way, I had a situation, I haven't even told the, the listeners here this yet. It's a long story. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another time when I don't have a guest, friends. But 
I had the opportunity to fly in a helicopter from here, Charlotte, to south of Atlanta a couple of months ago. A friend of mine brought me down to speak. Uh, his name is uh, Neil Coble. He's a he's a, a great guy, a, 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 a home builder down south of Atlanta. And we flew at 600 feet, Todd, for two hours and 15 minutes from Charlotte to south of Atlanta. And you learn two things when you're flying at 600 feet. There's a lot of forest out there that we're not using. We are not overpopulated. There is plenty of land out there. The air, the, the, some of the world is overcrowded in some small areas, but we're not using most of what's out there. That's number one. And secondly, you learn that a lot of people don't take care of their pools. Anyway, it's, it's, it's incredible what these, these people make these arguments and you go, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. As you pointed out, these people claiming the world's overcrowded. I noticed they don't volunteer to take themselves out to make room for other people. What are these people, Thanos? I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I, I, had, I, 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 I once said on the radio, and, and there's two things I learned about being on radio in Seattle. Uh, never say there's no such thing as, as, as um, video games as sports. Never say that a video game is not a sport. I, mm-hmm. I, I had protesters, people saying, my son is getting the scholarship and he plays football, <laughs> but on video games, that's one. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. The other, because the, everything there is is earth worship um, and tech worship. Right. And, and everything is, as you say, no basis for this other than the science, trademark, mm-hmm. the science. Mm-hmm. I said one day, hey, you know what? Um, if we really believe that the earth is, uh, is dying because of carbon output, then look, people should barbecue their dogs. Right? <laughs> what? Well, because well, the average size dog puts out more carbon than an SUV ever will. The average oh, really? size dog. Oh, sure. Because you uh-huh. think about an SUV, it's stopped most of the time. Mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. drive it three hours a day, it sits uh-huh. around the other times. A- an average size dog is producing, it's exhaling all day. All right. It's, it's putting off gases all day. I and know. I, and I said this. And by the I way, I have two dogs. For some of that. Right. I don't get away with it. <laughs> I, I have two dogs and two cats. I love animals. I don't want to barbecue my dogs. But this, it, the outrage, this is the same, same uh, unchurched city and state where they intend also to fly women in to have abortions. Or mm. this is a, another thing people don't know. People don't know this. Do you know that you can fly into Washington state um, and leave with 13 or 14 babies without a background check? You can fly How? a. It's, they passed this law. This was this was done under the the uh, auspices of LGBTQRS rights. That you can bring a surrogate mother or mothers uh, into the state of Washington. You have to visit once. Um, there's no background checks. The mothers gestate there. They give birth there. You then fly in, sign a paper. Again, no background checks, and you can leave with babies in bulk. This is this is commercial surrogacy taken to this highest level. Um, and they, they they could be completely sex trafficked, and Washington State doesn't care. They could well, be no, selling well, babies, and Washington State doesn't care. Oh no, sex trafficking is is functionally legal in Washington State. It's functionally legal, but you try adopting a pet, mm. you try adopting a pet, and go see what the background checks are like. This is what happens when when God is erased from people's mind. And, and you talked earlier about the, the, the you were quoting the Holy Bible on, on a time of no truth. Truth is being stolen. It's being stolen from our kids. And Frank, I've reached the conclusion that it's quite on purpose. They know exactly what they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, postmodernists can't have truth or logic because it disrupts their plans to be truth and logic. 
it's, it's hard to believe what's going on. And part of the reason is the church has been silent, Todd. That's really part of the problem. And your show and others are alerting people to this. And when we come back, we're going to learn more about why you went private. In other words, why you got off commercial radio and went uh, on your own show, your own podcast and what you do on there. And we're also going to talk... Uh, a little bit about how political should churches get. Should churches actually be political? You know my opinion on that, but let me get it from uh, Todd, my guest, Todd Herman. His website, thetodhermanshow.com. Check him out there, thetodhermanshow.com. We're back in just two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turek on the American Family Radio Network. If you're low on the FM dial looking for national public radio, go no further. We're actually going to tell you the truth here. You will never hear this on NPR. I can assure you that. In fact, my guest today, Todd Herman, who for years has been the conservative in Seattle, uh, left the commercial radio and is now doing his own gig. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. I do want to mention that uh, I'll be out at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, Lord willing, uh, filling in for the great Jack Hibbs on July, July, June 19th. (laughs) And then the following weekend, I'll be up in my home state of New Jersey, forget about it, uh, at a church in Wyckoff, New Jersey. I'll give you more details next week about that. So if you're anywhere in the New York, New Jersey area, we're going to be doing Uh, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist through all the services and even Sunday night. So go to our website, crossexamine.org, for more on that. Now, Todd, you took your commercial show on the uh, conservative uh, radio network or radio uh, station there in Seattle. You took it to podcast, uh, say, about six, eight months ago. What do you think the relationship is between conservatives and Christians and conservatism and Christianity? And why did you think you needed to go from the commercial radio to podcast? Uh, well, I'll start in reverse. Um, one of the reasons I did this is that I have been thinking about becoming a pastor. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a big driving factor to this. And then I realized I've got about 15 years of spiritual maturity to gain before I could ever, ever qualify as a pastor. Uh, so I'll probably be <laughs> dead before I reach that level mm-hmm. of spiritual maturity. Uh, but the other was to put God at the center, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, our show we describe as, as God at the center, politics at the edges, Mm-hmm. And you know, the reason that I wanted to make that move was really because I don't want politics to go into the church. I want the church to go into politics. Yeah, explain and, what you mean by that difference. What does that mean? Yeah, so, you know, I live in, in North Idaho, and there's, no. there's okay, yeah. some fine, mm-hmm. fine churches out here that, that talk a lot of politics. And they're fine churches. They're biblical mm-hmm. churches. My, my concern about that is uh, that's all well and good if you're in a place that is homogeneous and you talk about things like gun control where everybody owns a gun, everybody agrees. Mm-hmm. You're going to be divided. You're eventually going to, okay, so social security. Well, wait a minute. We should change the, the qualifying age or, or uh, zoning things. That stuff mm-hmm. is it, it, going to be divided. Satan loves right. politics as a division tool. But what I believe is that we have been silent. You've said the church has been silent. <clears throat> I don't hear that the, the name of God spoken in debates in, in the nation's capital. I mm. don't hear God's commandments spoken. I don't hear God's design spoken. And look, I made this mistake of, of talking about, and it's so easy because it's so often in the news, uh, the issue of gender uh, rebellion or, or transgenderism, so-called. 
I made the mistake of taking this completely from a scientific perspective and not respecting the word of God. Mm-hmm. And you're a theologian. I'm not. You're far more spiritually mature than I am. Uh, so I would ask you this question. I think that it is quite possible that the Lord is looking at these debates over these now, not even social issues. These are spiritual issues. And I wonder if the Lord is looking there going, hey, is anyone going to mention my word? Mm, yeah, I, I right. talked about this. Is any, are you guys going to speak my word? I, I, mm-hmm. I, I address all these things. And when people don't, I wonder if the Lord is going, oh, okay, so you're giving this unto Caesar. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I can guarantee this, the Lord is not surprised. At, at no point did he go, wow, that Chuck Schumer is clever. I didn't think of that. <laughs> right. That never happened. So mm-hmm. I think it's quite possible that the Lord is going gonna, is gonna to let us swing until we say, you know what, we are going to bring the words, Lord's word into this. And young people have been stolen from. You know the Barna study. You know the oh, yeah. biblical views. You, you know, four percent yeah. have a biblical worldview, something like that. Yeah, really low. Yeah, it's it's very very low in pastors, right. youth pastors. It's I think it's below ten percent of youth pastors have a biblical worldview. Uh-huh. So I I my my relationship between conservatives and Christianity uh, I think is severed. Um, mm. I think it it aches. I think that. For look, I'm I'm. This is the log in my eye. You can probably see it. That I I filled in for the greatest radio hosts in the history of the world hundreds of times, hundreds of mm-hmm. times for Rush, and I believe that conservatism had become my icon. Mm. I, I I believe well, your that, idol. You mean the thing that you? Yeah, were, pardon me, my yeah. idol. Right. Yeah. And it, not 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 that I conceived of conservatism as greater than God intellectually, right. but what were my behaviors? What were my behaviors? Where did I think the fix was coming from? How much time did I spend with the Lord versus show prep and not even show prep, sometimes just reading because I get the dopamine hit out Mm -hmm. of politics. I've likened it to being, I used to be 150 pounds heavier. I was addicted to McDonald's. I was that guy who'd drive through one drive-through window. Hey, I have a double quarter pounder with cheese and, and, and two fries and a diet Coke. And then I'd eat that and hide it in my car and go to the next one. Well, it's a good thing it, you got I, the Diet Coke. Right, right, because that cancels <laughs> everything out. And so, But it was the same way. I was chasing that high. I'd chase it in politics. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I believe that, that conservatives, out of the goodness of their heart, out of a great desire for patriotism, I certainly love this country. Satan's so very clever. If he gets us off base just a little bit, just off direction, and we're not even aware that we have made our politics our God, yeah, oh, he smiles, Frank. Right, he that smiles. That's right. Yeah, politics are important, but they're not the most important thing, obviously. And uh, I think it's the it's the big moral issues that I'm mostly concerned about. You know, life number one, obviously, because yeah. the right to life is the right to all of the rights. If you don't have life, you don't have anything. And then, of course, freedom of religion. If you don't have that, you can't live or preach the gospel. And I always tell pastors. Uh, or anybody, really, if you don't think politics are important, you really don't think the gospel is important because the ability to preach and live the gospel is partially dependent on whether or not your nation will allow you to do it. I mean, we can't, right. we, you couldn't have the Todd Herman show in, in China or in North Korea or Saudi Arabia, <laughs> right? I mean, not for very long because they ruled it out. What's that? Yeah. They'd cut my head off. I could do one <laughs> show, but then... That's a one show and that's kill the body. Done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I agree that there are several issues politically that Christians can disagree over. And to bring all that into the, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta have my view of gun control or you got to have my view of, uh, 
of the environmental questions. No, I mean, you got to debate those issues out. But when it comes to life and marriage and gender and, and yeah. uh, these kind of things, I think Christians should be lining up pretty, pretty much on one side. That would be pro-life, pro-natural marriage, and ensuring that we are not butchering our children. I mean, I heard one of your podcasts, Todd, talking about this. And, and by the way, Todd, tell people where they can listen to your podcast because you cover all these issues in a lot more depth. And you're dealing with them every day. You're an expert on these issues. Where can people listen and find you? Yeah, well, we're on every single podcast platform or the easiest way is just to go to the, the ToddHermanShow.com, the ToddHermanShow.com. But we're on all the podcast platforms. And I want to say something to you. Um, I've done a lot of radio. I've done a lot of interviews. Um, the Lord works through you. I, when people found out I was doing this program, my doctor, my mm-hmm. physical therapist had shoulder surgery recently, my pastor, uh, my, my CrossFit coach, everyone says, wait, you're doing Frank's show? So the Lord has, has, has just given you, works through you in such, such great ways. Um, the stewardship you provide is so very important and it needs to be in my judgment, Frank, I want the, I hope the Lord will work through me, this, this clay pot, this, this rodeo clown that I am um, to give people back the true meaning of what it is to be a Christian, Mm. to, to help conservatives understand this, but also Frank to help Christians understand there was a reason why I was apoplectic about the sex ed bill. When oh, it was yeah. happening, there was yeah. a reason why um, it was eight years ago that they started to let men shower in women's and girls' showers at the YWCA Pierce County uh, outside of Seattle. The reason that I was so upset about that was is because if they succeed in this, they break the existence of truth. Oh yeah. So the the, the I, I I hope that Christians will understand it's all well and good to be completely focused on the Lord. We have to do that all our heart, all our soul. But the enemy, the enemy is using these tools. The enemy, I think the, I think the, I think Satan was the first politician. He used the first wedge issues. He created mm-hmm. the first special interest groups, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's what I hope to accomplish. Well, you do it well. As I say, I listen to a couple of the podcasts today, and that informed part of what we were doing today. So um, what... Uh, what do you think is the future now, Todd? Where are we heading all this here in America? I mean, is the censorship going to rule out podcasts like mine and yours? Or hmm. is there 10, 20 years from now, are we still going to be able to do this? Where, where do you think this is heading? Uh, I think that this is largely dependent upon the audience with whom the Lord has gifted you and the audience with whom the Lord has gifted me. Hmm. Uh, we, for many years, have stood by and not exacted a cost uh, when the left does things to us or cancel culture or when they force us to eat um, social justice, we have got to vote with our dollars. We have got to vote with our, with our, our dollars and our wallets and to follow these shows wherever they go. Mm. I do believe there's great signs that, that uh, I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with his approach and, and profanity. I think he's, I mean, he's unquestionably the biggest podcaster in the world. Joe Rogan, Spotify mm. backed off of trying to censor him. Yeah. So I think that good. some of this is coming is coming around Netflix telling a, a lot of leftist social justice warriors that, hey, this might not be the place for you. Mm. So I think if more people will speak out about being silenced and about being told there's things they can't say, then it can end. But if people are going to duck and cover, 
Well, the fact is the abuser never, never stops abusing you. Duck and cover all you want, mm. right? Until you stand up, the abuser's not going to stop. And I think the biggest thing is, let's just remember, we have the biggest backup that can ever be, right? Mm. If we speak God's word right. and we love him with all our heart, we've got the biggest backup, Frank, that could ever exist. Great work, Todd. I'm giving you a round of applause for that ending, man. That was yeah. good, man. I got a, I, I, I got a sound that effect. Good. That was my goal. That was my goal. That was that my was goal. Good. Well, Todd, thanks so much for being on the program. It's a joy having you on, and thanks for the work you're doing. Well, thank you. God bless you, and God bless your team. Thank you. That's Todd Herman of thetoddhermanshow.com. That's where you can go to learn more about Todd, the Todd, two Ds, hermanshow.com. Great being with you today, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, going to be in Sarasota this week. Next week, uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And after that, up in Wyckoff, New Jersey. All the details on our website. Check us out there. And uh, we'll see you here, Lord willing, next week. God bless.